Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello there, humans. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone. This is episode number 53. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helen Yi. And we are right here filming slash recording this podcast inside the Schmo Zone lair, the dungeon, whatever you want to call it. I love it. I think the Schmo Zone lair fits it perfectly, and you've actually brought that lair to life. We're bringing the lair to life. In fact, like six years ago, when I started like the Schmo Zone everything seven years ago, it started with the Schmo Zone lair. We dropped the lair to the Schmo Zone over time, blah, blah, blah. Here we are. This is the Schmo Zone lair. So fun fact, are you trying to tell me that the Schmo Zone layer was a thing before the Schmo? We'll get into that another day. Oh, okay. And yes, actually that is, it is. Like when I first started blogging and everything, it started with the Schmo Zone layer at blogspot.com. And then over time, everything got dropped and it turned into the Schmo. We brought back the Schmo Zone when we started up this podcast together. So yeah, that's the story behind that. But for people listening and watching, right here, the Schmozone Lair, a.k.a. our living room, this is a little transition time for us right now because, Helen, tell everybody what we're doing. So we are currently in the process of building our very own studio, so our own like production studio and everything. And, of course, as you may know, it takes a bit of work to make sure that everything will be incredible. So we're super excited about it. And yeah, everything's just kind of in the works behind the scenes. Don't have an exact timeline for when it's gonna be ready, but nothing's worth doing unless you do it 100% correctly. Yes. And uh, we are working on that. So right now we'll be doing work from the Schmozone Lair. We've done some Schmozone quickies uh, from the Schmozone Lair. We'll continue to do some of those too. Uh, speaking of quickies though, I think some one of our quickies guests is going to be on this week's fight card. We've been missing some fights. Yeah, uh, Frankie Edgar. We've been missing fights for I the know. past week. It's weird to have a week off, but Frankie Edgar, Corey Sanhagen yes. this week at the UFC Apex will be there. And the main event, Alistair Overeem. <sighs> against, against Volkov. Yes. Great fight too. Uh, let's tell our guests, our guests, our audience, who our guest today is. It's gonna be Rajan Al Iaquinta. He will be joining us remotely pretty shortly here. I think it's snowed in over there in Long Island where he's yeah. gonna be joining and us from. I think the snow over there is like way worse than the snow we had, of course. Of course, they can't move. They can't move their cars. They're it, stuck. it makes me so thankful. Like, okay, you know, I like this, what you call the 20 minute snow, right? The 20 minute snow. It comes down and then it sticks and then it disappears in 20 minutes. But what you, uh, when you mentioned Al Iaquinta, we last saw him and we were at his last fight against Dan Hooker, October. It was in Australia. October 2000. 2019. Sorry, should have clarified. Been out, been out for over a year, so it's good to catch up with him. Yes. I mean, Benil Dariush, he's going to be fighting against Diego Ferreira. Those guys are right on his tail. 
numbers wise in the rankings too so it's an interesting time good to bring him up i know he's training with aljamain sterling too he's got a huge fight against peter yawn for that so title before we get to al let's tell everyone who is sponsoring today's podcast Fusion CBD products. Let's start with them. We'll be sipping on our Fusion CBD sports water throughout the podcast like we usually do. So absolutely some great stuff here. We had a great workout this morning. So CBD for the recovery. And I use their hydro drops. In the in coffee. In my coffee, yeah. And our workout today, I would say, I mean, we've done some pretty intense strength training, but today... Man, that was really rough. So I'm glad that I used the Hydro Drops yeah. because I feel like way better. Yeah, the CBD helping with the recovery, their Hydro Drops, they got their gummies. I know they have their sleep and recovery pills, their energy stuff, their cardio CBD mix. Pretty much everything you could do with your recovery and your workout, your fitness, Fusion CBD products, they're implementing into the system. They Third got party it tested, they got it covered. Yeah. Uh, check them out, use the promo code SHMO, get 20% off at fusioncbdproducts.com. And our other sponsor for today's podcast, uh, you were using these earlier as well. Egg weights. Fantastic, the only hand weights that mold to the natural They are movements. very comfortable. That we've done quite a few workouts here in the SHMO zone layer because it is our living room uh, during the pandemic and we've used these egg weights for the workouts. Love the grips, they go around the middle finger right here. These are one and a half pound custom Schmo sets. They have sets that go all the way up to five pounds. They are great for shadow boxing, they're great for hiking, they're great for kickboxing, everything that you could do. Uh, just put these weights in your hand, they're great helps with everything yeah check them out use the promo code schmo 10 when you visit eggweights.com to get 10 percent off there you have it those are our sponsors today's schmo zone like i mentioned we have raging al Quinta standing by momentarily uh any thoughts before we we kick it to him i'm just excited to catch up with him kind of get his thoughts obviously on that lightweight division uh, Michael Chandler, like there's just so much going on in that division. Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje to even, like you mentioned, Benil, Diego, they're fighting this weekend. Paul Felder, I mean, it's just there's so much RDA. Off the top of my head, too, is Ally Quinta... Tony the, Ferguson. Tony Ferguson. Is Ally Quinta the last one to push uh, Habib Nurmagomedov to the distance to make a decision for a fight? Yeah. It might be. Oh, no. Fact check us. <laughs> but if not, he's one of the last ones. Not the I, last I one, second to last one. I think you're right. He might be the last one to push a beeb to a decision. So he's a great guest to have on. Yes. Uh, the Schmozone Podcast, episode 53 from the Schmozone Lair. Let's go. guest in the schmo zone the one and only number 11th ranked ufc lightweight the best real estate agent in long island unless the guy standing next to him has something to say about it rage and ally quinta and eljamate sterling <laughs> the best real estate agents around what's up man 
Hey, uh, we are a week back from Abu Dhabi. We are not snowed in. We're in Las Vegas, uh, just doing this little remote podcast. Life is good. We got fights coming up next week. I saw your picks for the main event, and you let your fans down. You took Conor McGregor over Poirier. <laughs> Conor, Conor's fucked it all up. <laughs> I blame him. What the heck? Leg kicks. I don't know. Switch stance, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I thought th- I thought Conor was gonna win. I thought he was gonna win. It seemed like he had all the, you know. The momentum going from the last fight seems like he was kind of big brothering him, but Dustin came out there and fought good leg kicks, took him down early. Connor stayed in the clinch. I didn't know. I, I thought he'd break away and start punching, but he seemed like he wanted to be in there. I think that kind of tired his arms out a little bit. And then uh, those leg kicks added up. Got later in the fight. You see Dustin gets stronger. Connor gets weaker as the fight goes on. It seems like, but Dustin definitely got stronger and. He put on a, a masterful performance for sure. Well, afterwards, um, Connor also did kind of talk about his time away. Do you think that would have had any impact or played any impact in that fight? Yeah, I think it definitely, definitely has, uh, definitely played. It was impactful in the fight for sure. Um, and Dustin's been active. It could go both ways. I don't know. It, it, you know, if, if Connor would have won, maybe you would have said he was rested and he felt good, you know. So it's just that's the way it turned out. Um, but, yeah, it seems like the inactivity definitely hurt him a little bit. Do you think we're going to see the same Connor McGregor ever again? Or is this loss a sign of things to come and where he's at in his career, just based off of what you see and you think? Yeah, it seemed like he was kind of motivated to get back in there. But at the same time, I think he said, like, uh, he wasn't as upset as he used to be with a loss. So maybe I don't know. You get that much money. You got a family. He's kind of he's kind of just like set up. Maybe a guy like Dustin wants wants everything. He's hungry, especially the other guys in the division. You know what I mean? So it's a crazy division right now. And if you're kind of satisfied with the money you have and kids and hanging out it's brutal well speaking of that crazy division also in that co-main event with dan hooker and then michael chandler his ufc debut i mean what did you think of michael chandler's debut and then also uh dan hooker and i think he mentioned today just because afterwards he like took his gloves off but it was just kind of in that moment so he's not retiring yeah, Chandler fought. Chandler went right after him. He's there was no hesitation, no UFC jitters, anything. He just went right after him, and it was. I think it put Dan Hooker on his heels right off the bat, and he was kind of like fighting to catch up the whole time. And yeah, now Chandler looked good. Chandler looked good. He got on the mic. He called out everybody. He put himself right at the top. It's the way you got to do it when you're coming, you know, from from Bellator into the UFC. Put it. Put a stamp on it, and uh, exactly what he did. We got Aljo lurking in the background. We'll get to you in one second, Aljo. But What's we he got, drinking? What are you drinking? Uh, a we got smoothie. A Good smoothie. Pineapple, go. mango, blueberry, vodka smoothie. 
Oh, the vodka. Nice. We got the whole, all the Long Island yeah. stud muffins there. Playing some chess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a Long Island snow day. It's a snow yeah. day. Hey, you're a good in. chess player. We'll have to play some chess next time you guys are back in Vegas, your other home. Nuts. Look at that. Wow. Wow. Hey, remember last week we were talking about the snow here in Vegas? Yeah. And it, it was like an inch. It snowed in Vegas here last week, but it stuck for about 20 minutes. 20 minutes. It just it just snowed, right? Recently? Yeah. I saw it. Recently. 20 minutes though. That's all it lasted. But that that was that's there. like the perf that's the perfect amount of snow. If there's gonna be snow 20 minutes, but this is we're going on 20 hours here. That's crazy. Wow. Hey, at least your internet's working. That that's a plus. Very true. So good. But let's let's go back to your division then, because I think there's been reports that Charles Oliveira has been offered. Michael Chandler doesn't want to take that. He wants a title shot next. Uh, Chandler's been vocal about what he wants. But what's interesting is Dustin Poirier does not want to fight Michael Chandler next, does not want to fight him for the bell. He's thinking mm -hmm. that Chandler's not deserving of that title shot. Here's my thoughts. Feel free to chime in. I like Poirier fighting Oliveira. I think Chandler should fight Gaethje. Everyone says Conor McGregor should fight Nate Diaz 3. That's a great fight, but I'm going to throw these names out there because there's a lot in there. I think Conor McGregor should fight Tony Ferguson. A couple years too late, but I think that's a perfect matchup. What do you think on all that? I agree. I think Oliveira is definitely – Oliveira should fight for the title. It's like who wants to fight Oliveira for the title? Dustin probably gets the first crack if he wants it. And then if not, Chandler's in, you know? And then everybody else kind of has to fight their way back at it, seems like. Well, do you think that Michael Chandler just uh, making his UFC debut, having that one fight, obviously super impressive, but do you think that he's deserving to – automatically either fight for the title or have one more fight and then for that title shot? Uh, if Dustin wants it, Dustin should, I think Dustin should fight Oliveira for the title, mm -hmm. right? And then um, Chandler fight maybe Gaethje or somebody out, Ferguson, Connor. Maybe. Hey, ma matchmaker out. Ma matchmaker, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like it, but like, I'm sitting here th thinking, where does Rage and L fit in this equation? No, oh, man, I'm just trying to get healthy. I got, I had two surgeries in August. I'm just trying to get healthy. The injections, whole bunch of nonsense. So, gonna be a little what? bit. Probably. We'll see. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you about yeah. that. How, how, how's everything going? I know you've been recovering and stuff like that. Like, where are you at physically, mentally? And like, what's a perfect world for you getting back in this mix? Perfect world would be April. You know, I wanted to fight in January and it just keeps getting pushed back. You know, I, I had a bunch of surgery. I had three knee surgeries. It takes a little while to recover. So it, it'll be a little bit. It'll be a little bit. Well, April's kind of around the corner. It's in like two months. That's, yeah. That's best case, best case scenario. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a big, big fight in your division with the guys right right underneath you and Benilla Dariush and uh, Diego Ferreira. They're fighting this weekend at the Apex. I mean, how do you like that matchup? Because they're going to be gunning for your position, I imagine, the winner of that fight. Uh, 
Darius has been on a he's been on a streak, right? He's got a yeah. couple knockouts in a row. What about and Diego Ferris always been always been tough. I don't know how has he done in his last couple of fights. He just he beat Anthony Pettis uh, recently, mm-hmm. Diego, and they're oh, both great gra- grapplers, but they're both outstanding grapplers. But the thing is, Benil's been uh, flashing that leather and showing he's got some hands recently and been knocking people out. So I think he's going to be comfortable keeping this fight standing. Benil. Yeah, I think that's a good move. I think I'm, I'm with him on that one, I think. And then we also have just kind of in that top 10 mix, um, Paul Felder, RDA. And Nate Diaz. And Nate yeah. Diaz is coming back, man, to your division. Did you hear about that? He's going back down to 155. Is that is that who said that? It's come out. He's talked about it. He wants it. Oh, at the, oh nice. I didn't see that. No. This division's crazy right now. I know. You know? I know. All right, enough enough talking about you and your division. Let's talk about uh, the guy you're helping uh, prepare for his world title fight. You know, it's been delayed here a couple times, maybe once, twice. There he is. Hey, where are you at, man? You ready to go? The guy's killing it. Oh, we're ready to go. Out here in uh, beautiful Long Island right now. It's obviously very cold at the moment, but um, we crushing we're, it. We're making it beautiful. Just watch the sparring. Man, it's, I don't know. I think he, I think he's looking good. How long have you been back in New York? When did you leave Vegas to come back to New York to train with uh, uh, Longo and trained uh, with Sarah and everybody? I've been here since December 23rd after my match with uh, RBY, the wrestling match in uh, at Penn, not Penn State College, but uh, Pennsylvania. And will you be there up until your fight? No, I'm. Uh, I was supposed to leave actually last night, and then um, I didn't finish packing. So and there's I, a snowstorm. There's, a snowstorm, I, there's yeah. no one's going anywhere <laughs> for a while. Yeah, oh, so and we're kind of just snowed in right now. Um, congrats on your engagement. Thank you, thank yeah. you guys. I appreciate it. She's super happy. She loves the. She loves the rock, and uh, yeah, I'm just glad she's super happy. And you got that extra payday coming in for the uh, the title fight, <laughs> and the pay per view money. It's it's a big time now. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time right now for sure. I wish I was getting a cut of the pay per view uh, revenue, but um, as non champions, we don't really get that unless you're like a Conor McGregor, maybe Jorge Masvidal. But um, it is what it is. I'm just super grateful to be here in this position I'm in, and uh, I get an opportunity to change my life, you know. So. Uh, I'm, I feel super prepared. I was prepared before for December 12th. Things got pushed back. Jan felt inadequate for his training. What happened with that? What it turns out to be is, I guess, his manager, Danny Rubenstein, ended up saying and kind of vocalizing, which was that he didn't have the right training partners, to, I guess, to emulate me or mimic me. I don't know how much of that he can actually find, but uh, I don't think he's going to be able to find anybody who can do the stuff that I can do. I mean, yeah, you could try, but... Uh, and I've been saying it in like such a way where it's like, you know, um, being arrogant or anything. I just think I bring a different game where I improvise on the spot. It's not like I, I do this every single time. I do this, I do that, I do this. So um, I, I'm excited for the opportunity. I think I know what I'm going to get when it comes to Pideon. He doesn't know what he's going to get when it comes to me. So I think that's what makes this a very intriguing fight. Yeah, I think that's a huge storyline that people are going to bombard you with, too, is that Peter Jan 
defending his belt. He changes things up for camp. Obviously, you had a living situation where you moved down here and you're also training back to where you are too. So both you guys have a little bit of a unique type situations with training camp. But do you think that he's had to do a lot more adjustments preparing for you than you've had to make adjustments preparing for him? Yeah, 100%. I think anyone could throw a kick punch. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of uh, the same recipe that you get kind of over and over. The only thing that can really change is the tempo, the speed, whether it's like a half pitch or full, full speed kind of thing. And uh, I think for me, it, it's just the unpredictability, just not knowing what the guy is going to do. So I think he's got a lot more things to worry about in terms of the grappling department, where for me, it's, it's kind of like, I know the guy can punch me. I know the guy can kick me. I know he can knee me, he can throw elbows. And that's really it. I just got to be in shape for 25 minutes and know that I can go to pace and push a hard one. And uh, I should be all right, you know. Good thing about our team is we're always in shape and uh, ready to fight. So I'm excited about that. I know I could go 25 minutes if it was tomorrow, even though I'm having my vodka right now, my vodka smoothie. And uh, <laughs> It's a snow day. You it's a it. snow day. <laughs> <laughs> snow days in Long Island. Yeah. So um, I'm not really too pressed about that stuff, you know. I'm going to be in shape. I got – four weeks and six days until the fight. So I'm excited about it. You know, I think based on where I'm at now, I think things are looking up and it's super positive. Obviously it's a fist fight. Anything can happen. If you get clipped, anything can happen. And um, I just got to make sure I'm super sharp. And right now I feel like I'm on. I'm firing all, all cylinders. So uh, I can't wait for Mr. Funny Man, Pete Yan, who's out there posting videos of looking like Aljamain's in the streets of uh, Miami. <laughs> well, I always see the tweets the that you guys... Um, <laughs> say back and forth but what was your initial impression when you saw that he did relocate his camp to american top team he's running he's scared he's <laughs> he's definitely nervous i mean honestly i respect it because he knows that he has a tough challenge ahead of him so in terms of that i know he's trying to do the right things to properly get himself prepared and uh, i don't want any excuses at the end of the day you know and same thing for me you know, I, I got who I got. He's got who he's got. And uh, at the end of the day, like I said, he's going to have a hard time finding guys that can just be super sporadic and just kind of just doing things on the fly the way I can, especially in the grappling department. But um, I respect what he's trying to do. He's trying to make sure he's well prepared. And uh, when was the fight supposed to be? December 12th. So he gave himself a couple extra months to get ready. And uh, I just feel my thing is if you if you sign a contract for a fight, it's kind of like saying I'm ready at this date, this time, and to kind of pull out of the fight, not give a specific reason and kind of leave the fans kind of let down. I think there's something to be said about that. And uh, I almost feel like I should have been compensated for that, to be honest. I mean, I showed, I was ready to show up. He wasn't. So uh, you should get the win. I should, should get be it. I should get something for that. Should be done deal. Hey, when when Calvin Gaslam showed up to Australia and Whitaker had a pull out of the fight forty eight hours beforehand or twenty four hours beforehand, he grabbed the interim belt and considered himself the interim middleweight champion. Man, so I've heard this before. You know, he had to go through that. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. You know, you you put a lot into these training camps. Obviously, I left New York. No, I didn't leave New York. I bought a house in Vegas. And I'm um, just thinking about the financial responsibilities of myself and my career, um, taxes, the whole nine and training, everything, physical therapy, the UFCPI, just making sure I'm giving myself the best opportunity to have the most success I can while I'm still competing as an athlete. And uh, to do all that <clears throat> and to move out and all that, 
and have the fight pull out because this guy feels his training wasn't adequate enough. It's just kind of crazy to me. So um, I just hope we get to fight. And I do believe he's going to show up this time. And uh, we'll see what happens at the end of the day. Uh, I put myself in this in a good position. I think, like I said, I think I'm peaking at the right time. I actually have to pull myself back. Just talking to Longo and everybody else, it's probably a good idea to pull myself back so that I'm not overtraining. And this way I'm ready to go on the night and not like ready to go in training camp where, you know, you're kind of deflated on the night of the fight. So I'm just trying to do the right, the right and proper things to, to get myself situated and uh, ready for to bring home a, a world title. March 6th, UFC, March 6th, UFC 259. Hey, did you finalize who's going to be in your corner yet? Do we know that? Do we have your corner men set? Kind of, sort of. <laughs> Ray, Ray is definitely going to be there. As of right now, it's definitely Ray Longo. Um, Eric Nipsick, uh, down at Extreme Couture, who's been helping me day in and day out. I send this guy videos. He breaks down. He gives me paragraphs on each round of what I could have done. It's, it's amazing, you know, so to have guys like that who truly believe in me and um, want to put the work in and actually put the time in to, to watch video, to do all the right things and to help me succeed as much as it's going to help them in, in the long term as well. I think that's something to be said about that. And uh, at the end of the day, you can only just make do with what you have. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, we might have Don Alejandro out there as well. Exactly <laughs> This weekend, first fights of 2021 back in Las Vegas, UFC fight night, huge fight in your loaded Bantamweight division, Corey Sanhagen, Frankie Edgar. How do you see that playing out? And do you think the winner of that fight is first in line for title contention? Or is it maybe maybe Cody Garbrandt, who's trying to get a fight with uh, Jose Aldo? I think it should be. I mean, where's TJ Dillshaw? He's just hanging out on the winds, waking, like, waiting, what's he waiting for? I was going to get to that next. Yeah. Like he's his suspension, I think, is up. I'm surprised yeah. they haven't made an announcement for a fight. Who, you know, who makes sense for him? Yeah, I, I think they're going to just try to wait till the dust settles a little bit, and then they're going to say, "Well, here's T.J. Dillshaw. What does what do the fans want to see?" And they're going to kind of see like what they think is going to move the needle the most. Um, I kind of I get the ESPN and the UFC. Uh, mantra at this point, you kind of got to just do what they're doing. And um, at the end of the day, we have no control over that. I can only control what I do, which is within the octagon. And at that point, that's all I can control. And uh, yeah, so I have to fight somebody. He, he, he shouldn't just get a title shot. Yeah, and I, I like TJ. At the end of the day, he, I kind of agree with Conor McGregor. He's a snake in the grass. The guy's been cheating for years, you know. But at the end of the day, I still like him and think he's a cool dude. But when it comes to competition, the guy's a He's a downright cheat. He's been cheating for years, not just that one competition. He's been cheating for years. So for the guy to get congratulated and rewarded with a title shot after a suspension, it's just kind of like setting a bad precedent for everybody else. It's like if you cheat and you could get to a popular position and win a title, then when you get popped, if you come back, you'll be rewarded with another title shot to make another millions of dollars or a couple of hundreds of thousands of dollars. So the I, whole I steroid think, thing yeah. is when you test positive for steroids, it's like you question everything. It's kind of just, it sucks, you know? So you should, I think you should have to fight back at least. You, it, like, get, you doubt the whole career. It's just a bad, you know? It's unfortunate. Rob uh, Font, I thought, would be a great fight. And I think he might have earned himself a good opportunity with how he, he beat Marlon Marais in that last fight. I think Rob Font, TJ Dillashaw makes sense. Rob wants mm-hmm. that fight. 
I think it's a fun fight. Why not? You know, keep the division moving. And if TJ wants to come back, he wants to prove himself. That's a good guy who has not the greatest wrestling, not the greatest jujitsu. So I think that's a good matchup for him stylistically. Uh, we know TJ can out grapple him in terms of the wrestling department, like he did John Lineker. Um, Rafon's a much bigger guy. He has much bigger fists. He hits hard. I think that's a tough, dangerous fight for TJ. But at the end of the day, if he could take him down, that all that punch of power doesn't mean anything when you're on your back. Well, kind of circling back to what you guys just mentioned about um, testing positive for steroids and drugs. What do you think the punishment should be? Like, do you think it's harsh enough or like, what's your thoughts on that? I feel like it's like a slap on the wrist. It's just time. And there's no, there's nothing other than just serving a couple of months or a couple of years. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Cody Garbrandt fan, but what TJ did to him was kind of egregious in the sense that he ruined his career. You know, he was a he was the champ. He took away millions of dollars in terms of opportunity for him. Um, I'm trying to get this glare of this light. Um, millions of dollars of opportunity. He can custom twice. You know, so it's like when you look at all that and you put that all on the table in terms of his career and longevity, he took a lot from him. You know, and he gained a lot. So it's like people can say whatever they want. If you're not in the sport, you don't understand until you're the one actually in there fighting these guys and girls. So I, I think it's unfortunate for him. And like I said, I'm not the biggest Cody Garbrandt fan. Um, I think he was kind of a loudmouth himself. And then when uh, he got humbled, he got humbled pretty good. Obviously, he was a cheater. But um, I think he realized that, you know, everyone shit stinks, you know. So, um He's got a title shot waiting for him at 125. I, I don't understand why he doesn't just go to 125, compete, and then fight for the belt right after that. But if he wants to stick around at 135, I think it makes things pretty interesting. And I don't know. I, I don't really – it's it's hard to say. Everything is kind of all over the place with this division right now. And I think the good thing about it is that everyone's talking about it. And it's a, uh, an exciting Aldo's time. Aldo's on top of it. <laughs> I'm on top yeah. of it. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I think this weekend's fight, I think this weekend's fight with Sanhagen and Frankie Edgar, depending on how it goes, as you know, can easily be the person that faces the winner between you and Jan. They can easily put themselves in that conversation, especially if, cause we don't know if Cody Garbrandt is fighting Aldo that hasn't been announced yet. It hasn't, nothing's been finalized. And you know, it's all about timing with this stuff. Oh, hundred percent. That's why I'm, I'm excited about everything, man. I watch all these fights. I never turn a blind eye. Like, I just watched that guy, Umar, Nurmagomedov. I watch all these guys from the debuts all the way to, through to the top when they make it. And um, I was one of those guys before, so I know that little young, wide-eyed kid who wants to get to the top of their, their division. And um, eventually it happens for some guys. Some guys it takes a little bit longer. But to keep an eye on your division, I think, is a very responsible thing to do in terms of scouting talent, knowing what you're going to need to deal with, and knowing the, the, the tricks that people are bringing into the octagon. So – um, anybody's it's anybody's fight. I think Frankie Edgar could take a, a Sanhagen down and stifle him like he did like a Yair Rodriguez and beat him up on the ground. But I think Sanhagen's long, lanky, and he's crafty off of his back. I, I think Frankie Edgar has to kind of think about those kind of things and, and make some efforts in trying to make sure he doesn't leave himself vulnerable in those positions, but he's a black belt. So, uh, things are interesting you know like you said right place right time good things can happen for anybody and it just depends on who the UFC feels fit and who they're most excited about so 
at the end of the game is what have you done for me lately? And I get that. I think a lot of people have to understand that. And um, when we're talking about title shots, we're talking about money on the table. You got to make sure you're putting yourself in the best position to win and uh, get those opportunities that you are winning. Now we got the weekly scraps. We thought we would get Ally Quinto. We got the weekly scraps. Completely irrelevant, but I would just like you guys to know that I, Chris Perra, just beat Kumi Nakoto, who's an up-and-comer, really talented guy, but obviously, <laughs> not obviously not in chess. But you know what? He's a great fighter, though, and that's what's important. Kumi, any any words, concerns? <laughs> you know what you're saying about it? <laughs> You can't do anything in here. Aljo's next. Aljo, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I'm about to be this guy's chest real quick. Hey, who who's the best chess player there? Me. Everyone's the best player. We're gonna have to play. Yeah. David is so good at chess. Wow. What the chessboard behind it? Oh, the chessboard. We don't know. We don't know, but we know Pumi's definitely not. Wait. <laughs> we we have this on set right here. We got our chessboard. Oh wow! It, right. Except sometimes he'll cheat where he puts. Like, She's you lying. put the She's piece lying. down and then you try to take it back. No. Remember, I get no. so mad at you for oh, doing that. Gosh. We have rules in this household. <laughs> <laughs> No, just uh, she just gets upset when the competitive juices are flowing. You guys know something or two about competitive juices. She doesn't like them. Hundred percent. It's because yes, we oh, have these big, big chess tournament when we get out there. We're gonna have to. So you guys were actually supposed to be in Vegas today, but because of uh, you missing the flight slash the snow, you guys are delaying the the travel. Well, just me. But um, I think Longo's gonna come out like two weeks early. Um, Rob is gonna come out next week Sunday, and uh, well, this week Sunday. So, yeah, we we get, we're gonna have a good little crew out there. I was never worried. And Marab, he uh, he tested positive. He had that fight. I think it was initially booked against Stamen. And how's Marab doing right now? We all, we all tested positive. My entire household tested positive. We all had COVID. So you had it again in beginning January for about a week. I kicked it in seven days. You know, I'm not saying you know, I'm not saying I'm the chosen one, but you know, I might be the chosen one. <laughs> Wait, when did you have it? Like last week, or might be the chosen one. Yeah, before my engagement on the 31st, uh, we had New Year's dinner on the first, so I took the test the 31st, which was a Thursday, and I tested positive on Sunday when the results came back. I also took a test on a Saturday, which was the 1st of January, or the 2nd of January, and that came back positive also. But then I took another test the following Thursday and um, came back negative. So, yeah, you know, Have I'm you not like Peter Yon, you know, I I'm not making excuses for pulling out of fights, wink, wink. But, um, you know, with COVID or not COVID, I'm going to be in shape and I'll be ready to go. So the fans can de definitely depend on me, unlike Peter Yon. The guy says any place, anytime. I don't think so. Um, so, I think the people deserve a champ that's going to be there, ready to go. Video? Is this a video or is this just like a podcast on? <laughs> <laughs> it's both. It's both video it and audio. Oh yeah. Where are, you, where are your glasses right now? Pediana, I see you, mofo. Where's oh, did, I'm, I'm, hey, he has a new schmo line. 
Oh, tell them yeah, about yeah. your new Schmoling glasses. I dropped the new Schmo glasses. I'm saved the Schmo glasses for when we're in person. Like it says okay. Schmo on the frame. Okay. It's cool. But when I see yeah. you guys back in Vegas, we'll do we'll 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 do a real Schmo in the Pro interview. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and a chess game. And a chess game. Hundred percent. I'll play. I'll play a chess game. Just let pull out Pete. Know that the Funk Master is coming. Pull out Pete. All right, I see how it is. The Funk Master, absolutely. Well, wait. Just to clarify, though, with your COVID testing, you've tested negative on all the tests since since that that negative test you were referring to, right? Well, I only took one after that. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, we can. <laughs> well, you can test positive because your body can still be shedding it. So. If you test positive, you get 90 days by the UFC rules and CDC for like when you need another like COVID test. So as of right now, I'm in the clear till after my fight. So, you know, I'm hanging out right now. I got COVID, it's over and done with. And um, yeah. Yeah. You develop antibodies. Antibodies. I probably do. I mean, I had a very light strain, I guess, because I kicked it in seven days, but I'm just saying, you know, I might be the chosen one. <laughs> it is. Move over, Tyron Woodley. The chosen um, one. No, I appreciate you guys coming on yeah. the Schmo Zone right here, episode fifty-three of the podcast. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, Pleasant thank surprise. You. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy your smoothies. Oh, oh yeah. Cheers. Bottoms up. up, up. Cheers. Right, cheers. <laughs> water got our water. Take care. <laughs>